0: Welcome to Frendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Frendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 1 of Friendo Podcast, The Reinvention and The Pivot. Have you been there? You know when life throws you a couple of curveballs and all of a sudden you're stuck. Somewhere between wishing things were different, feeling completely hopeless because it was out of your control, but kind of hopeful, optimistic maybe even, that things could get better I feel like so many of us are experiencing this right now, and it is so hard for so many. You know, at its peak in the spring of 2020, COVID-19 directly affected 5.5 million Canadian workers, including 3 million who had lost their jobs and 2.5 million who were employed, but then had experienced COVID-related absences from work like those numbers are huge and sometimes it helps to feel like you're not alone like there's so many people going through these things at the same time but i think it's safe to say that more often than not it kind of doesn't help because you are in you know your four walls and it might just be you that you're taking care of but you may have other family members that are your responsibility and I think it's safe to say that that brings about a lot of stress. I came upon an article written by Stephanie Pappas on October 1st of 2020 through the American Psychological Association. And essentially her article was talking about the mental health impact because of all of this job loss and how significant that is to our health. So what is unemployment Having to do with our mental health? How is it linked? And through her research, it's linked to anxiety, depression, and loss of life satisfaction. I mean, those are huge feelings. You know, for some, you know, jobs in their chosen profession may not return for some time. So there's this need to reinvent yourself. You know, I feel like in my home, we're experiencing this firsthand. My husband, Dean, is a pilot, has been one for the last 25 plus years, and has also been out of work since March 2020. I would be lying if I just was like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, there's been some ups, some serious downs. And I feel like right now in February of 2021, we're at a point where the pivot has commenced. Like we don't know when the airlines are going to be back up and running. And yes, there are some, you know, pilots working and still flying, but it's safe to say that most airlines in Canada are working on this, you know, skeleton type of crew. I mean, I know of some airlines that have completely shut down and we don't know when the return date is coming. And in our house, you know, we're at this point now in February 2021, where we're starting to think about the pivot, like, how long can a person remain unemployed? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure there's some legal stuff around that. But also, I feel like there's so much purpose that's wrapped up with your job. And At some point, one needs to feel a sense of purpose and accomplishment at the end of the day. So here we are, you know, looking at Dean's lifelong career and how can we look at it in a new way? How can you take this expertise and apply it to something new, right? This is the famous pivot. I found this definition on the internet that describes the pivot in your career to be known as doubling down on what is working to make a purposeful shift in a new and related direction. So pivoting in this sense is an intentional, methodical process for nimbly navigating career changes. This is important because, I mean, we talk about it in this episode today with my friend guest, where I think a lot of people sometimes think they have to reinvent the wheel, but that may not be the case. You likely, in your lifelong career experience, have all sorts of tools in your toolkit that you could repurpose for something new. I think it's safe to say that we're all pivoting in some way, you know, whether your job still exists, but it's in a new format. Are you working from home? Are you like so many teacher friends that I have now performing your job virtually? Um, has your job had to just shift to continue having a job? You know, did you work in a restaurant and now you're focusing on delivery food options? Like, I think there's just so many ways that jobs have changed and How can we lean into this change? You know, if you're looking to reinvent yourself in a similar field or maybe do something big and make a huge shift, change is happening. It's all around. How can we lean into it? Today's guest is Nicole Russell. She is the owner and sales strategist for Leaderboard Sales, a company she started during COVID. She helps entrepreneurs and businesses ditch the anxiety of selling and teaches sales strategies to turn prospects into paying customers. What intrigued me about Nicole's story is how she got to be running her own business. It wasn't overnight. You know, these things never are there were ups and downs. In fact, there was job loss and then even more job loss. And finally a reinvention took place as she pivoted her career. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where my husband Dean and I debrief about what life has been like around here these last 11 months and where we hope to be in the future. Welcome, my friend-o-guest.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. Thank you so much. I think I'm like smiling ear to ear. I love it. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to, to be with you. <laughs> but
0: one of the things that jumped out at me from your story when I was reading your submission was this theme of reinvention. and. Mm. I think that there's so many people in the last 10 months who have had to reinvent themselves, looked at what they do, small pivots, big pivots, um, and perhaps a lot of people are actually in a place where they're still trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what to do, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I mean... I will obviously let you share your story, but it's been it's been a time for you, and you're on this up and up right now. So I'm really excited to share your journey. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can start learning more about what you've been up to lately.
1: Sure. Well, um, I'm a dog mom. <laughs> I think everybody knows that about me. I'm obsessed with my little my little dog Charlie.
0: What kind of dog? Um, Wait, before we proceed.
1: Yeah, he's a, a tiny English Golden Doodle. So he's a he is so cute. I love so him. Cute. And uh, I'm a wife and I'm an entrepreneur and I work in corporate as well. So I kind of I do both, which is kind of unique. Um, and my husband and I are DIY uh, fixer uppers. So people do follow us in our journey of uh fixing up our 1950s home and making it our own. So that's kind of fun too. And I'm so lucky. I have like amazing friends and amazing family. And uh, yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. I love that. And
0: one thing that we should got, we got to tell people is that mm-hmm. I actually met Nicole in a Walmart one time.
1: <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. I boldly approached you. <laughs>
0: I love that. And I love that I was like, I don't know what I was saying to my kids, but let's hope it was good. It's a a Walmart. Things can go south in a hurry. Um, But I love that we met like two years ago or something now. yeah, Um, And here we are. And you're kind
1: of like celebrity status so it's funny because like if you approach someone right you're never really sure what the response is going to be and you were so gracious and genuine you're just like hi yeah hi right and so you never know what you're going to get when you approach you know a stranger but you were so awesome
0: well, I'm so glad you came up and said hello, and I was also saying just before we hit record that I follow Nicole on her personal accounts on Instagram, and every now and then this beautiful face pops up, and what's she up to? She lives kind of local, you know? So, yes. all right, so you're saying you work in corporate, and mm-hmm. you also started something new this year, so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about like this journey and and how your experience has led to this new idea. <laughs>
1: So I've been in sales for uh, just over 12 years, and I never anticipated my life going in that direction. I took uh, recreation and leisure studies at school. I took French, and the intention was really to be a teacher. And so okay. um, my life didn't go in that direction. I ended up going to work in sales and marketing from the get-go right out of school, and uh, And it's been a wild ride. I think a lot of people assume that if you take a role in sales, you're part of the revenue generation stream of any company. And so that guarantees you a very um, stable career. (laughs) And so what I have found is that um, my journey, my path has been a series of ups and downs. But I always say I would never, ever trade that for the world because... There's been so many lessons that come from having to start over. So over the last six years, I've actually um, lost three jobs. And so (laughs) you kind of get used to this reinvention and having to start over and pivot and kind of redefine yourself and find your place. And what's really interesting is that um, for most people, what job loss means to them is it is a loss of purpose. And I felt that really strongly in the beginning. I mean, job loss one versus job loss three, lots of different emotions, (laughs) very different experience. And I'm kind of one of those people that, you know, if you met me in the mall, you'd be like, hey, Nicole, hey, what are you doing now? (laughs) That's always the question because I always have a different job. It's kind of part of my story. Uh, And I used to shy away from sharing it. There was a lot of shame, right? There's a lot of shame associated with job loss and starting over. Annie, I had a difficult time uh, communicating that in interviews. And I had a difficult time talking about it with family and friends, right? It's a shameful thing. I've started over so many times. Um, But to be honest with you, it has been a blessing in my life. And I feel like I need to share the story more often so that we can kind of break through some of these barriers that come with um, job loss experience. So, yeah.
0: There's so much you mentioned there that, like, I didn't even think about it that way. You know, at the start when you were saying working in sales, how you're right, like you would think there's job security because you're bringing in income for a company.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: they're not, not like they're, that. Isn't always the case, and there is a lot of shame with job loss. Like as you know, as my listeners know, like Dean lost his job mm-hmm. at the start of COVID, and that journey of purpose is very prominent. And I didn't even think about it that way. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: did, were were you impacted by job loss because of COVID?
1: I was. My most recent uh, one was due to a restructuring with an organization, and a really really poorly uh, you know a really bad hit um, business and COVID and so they had to make some changes and so it was difficult to deal with even the third time again you know it was kind of like okay you grab the bottle of wine you grab the box of Kleenex you cry it out and then eventually you have to pick yourself up off the ground and start over Mm. and um, yeah and so I would you know love to share with your audience some of the the things that I've learned by starting over um, again and again. Um, We want to hear it. Yeah. It doesn't get easier, but it it does get kind of fun. And one of the things I will say is through my years working in corporate and um, I've tried to really open my eyes to like free education. And so listening to podcasts is part of that. Reading books is a really big part of that. And somebody really influential, I mean, I don't even know him and I'm, you know, I don't make any commission (laughs) by saying this, but a uh, a really great influence for me over the last few years has been Donald Miller. And he runs this podcast and he has this amazing business, uh, Business Made Simple in um, Nashville. And I've been reading his books over the course of the years and um, some of the things that he mentions in the books really help Uh, fundamentally when people are trying to get themselves back in the job market. So one of those things is, do you perceive yourself as a value-driven employee, right? So can you articulate in an interview what you bring to the table in terms of generating revenue for a company? And if you're not in sales, your brain might not operate that way. Because Hmm. if you're in HR, for example, you might think to yourself, okay, how does an HR professional <laughs> generate revenue for a company? But if you dissect it, well, turnover in organizations is very costly, and so of course you generate revenue for a company, you save money for the company. So one of the things I learned from him was, you know, do you see yourself as a value-driven employee? So that's one of the things I do. I do, I do believe that for myself, and I hope everyone else does. The second thing is. Um, do you do you fall into the victim mentality, right? And I can say I honestly did before. Like I said, job loss one versus job loss three, very different. Um, the first time over, yeah, I was down in the dumps. Try to pick me up off the ground. I thought it was useless. No one's going to want me anymore. My career is over. How do I explain what happened, right? And so I kind of had to get myself out of that and see myself as the hero instead of the victim. Right. That and so that's huge, <laughs> really, huge. really helpful starting over.
0: Oh my God. That, and it's, it's, what do they say? Like, you know, I'm just pulling things from the air right now, but like mm-hmm. top stressors of life is like, yeah. you know, death in the family, losing your job, like your it's up there. Right. It's like, there. so you're absolutely right. Like how you see your value and what you're bringing and like keeping that strong and firm and then being able to like, look at a situation like rationally, like this Mm -hmm. happened because of this and this and yes, I'm part of it, but it's not me and my character. Right. Oh, I love this This is great advice. What else you got? (laughs) Bring it.
1: What else you got? I took notes because I was like, don't forget anything. I really feel very strongly about, you know, being able to bring value to the table. Right. Obviously. (laughs) Um, and so having a growth mindset too really helps. So do you come from a place of abundance or scarcity? Right. So I had to work really hard on that one. I was definitely, um, more of a person that, you know, there's not enough room for me. I'm not maybe good enough. And maybe that stems from, I have great parents by the way, but maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a little bit about how I grew up. Right. Um, so, I had to get over that, and I had to really come from a place of abundance. There's room for everyone, and I will find something at the end of this. Something will come of this, right? And you often hear about people talking about um, setbacks lead to you know, setting you up for success. And honestly, it does work that way. <laughs> you know I want to give people hope that if you are going through job loss right now, I promise you there's a silver lining. It always shows itself, and it may not be immediate. It might be down the road. but, it does come and it comes in weird forms too. Um, and then also when you're, you know, if you're out there looking for a new job, think of yourself as an intrapreneur. So what that means is like entrepreneurs, they run the show, right? They wear all the hats. You can do the same thing for a corporate organization. You just have to be able to see yourself as an intrapreneur. And one of the things I did as a, yeah, I'm a young woman, but as a younger woman, I learned about business acumen a little bit. One A great leader I had, she told me, you know, one of the differentiators between a, a good hire and a mediocre hire is somebody that understands just the basics of business. You don't have to be like a a CEO or have like an MBA, but just know the basics of business, how money is made and you know, what does a PL report stand for, profit and loss report? Just know the basics, right? So I set my sights on that. And uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's amazing what can happen when you lean into your circle and what can happen when you lean into the connections you have on LinkedIn, right? Um, you just need to ask for help and people will come. Like if you've treated people right, Throughout your career. They will be there for you when times are tough.
0: Did you know we've released a shop where you can support Frendo? Check out HelloFriendo.com and explore. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-I-E-N-D-O.com and shop mugs, shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more. We're constantly adding new goodies for you. Your purchase directly supports the show and the work involved in creating it for your ears. So, thank you. Check out HelloFrendo.com. All right, back to the show. One of the things I found really interesting about your story is you said, you know, you kind of launched yourself into the world thinking you might become a teacher. And then you (laughs) fell into sales. And this is probably, I would assume, your natural skill set makes you really great at this. And so, rather than fight all of these concepts (laughs) that other people might have for you, you went into a direction that worked. And You have started a business since? No. All of this, and I, I <laughs> yeah. you know, I definitely want to mention what you're doing because mm-hmm. you took all of your skills and was like, "Wait a second, I, mm-hmm. there's something here," and I, you don't have to pivot like this hard pivot. Sometimes it's like well, I can just go boop and like take everything I've learned and acquired over the years and offer this amazing business to people. So, what have you changed now? You you experienced this job loss, mm-hmm. you know, you like you said, it's been you know the the <laughs> feelings are different from the first to the third. So, what have you started?
1: So I started a uh, sales consulting company and I now get to help entrepreneurs and small business owners. Um, I, I get to help them. I get to teach them the sales strategies that are going to improve their business and grow their business. And it's really about the reason behind I created, the reason why I created leaderboard sales is because I saw this huge gap in the market. I was watching entrepreneurs and I come from a pretty entrepreneurial family as well. So my sister is an entrepreneur and her husband and even like my in-laws, right? So I could see that there was a gap. People are very like educated and well-versed in a lot that comes with inbound sales. So what I mean by that is like content creation, And building an audience for themselves to get leads to come to them. But then they get a little bit uncomfortable and anxious when they have to go seek out new business when they wanna scale. So, things that salespeople do really, really well is they understand how to go and prospect for new business. Because if we don't do that, we're at risk of losing our jobs, right? Not bringing in revenue, there's no room for you at the table. Um, Also, we know how to do really great discovery. So we know how to ask the right questions. We know how to do the open-ended questions really well. We know how to dig and get those pain points, right? And entrepreneurs, some of them will have that skill, but a lot of them have a difficult time with it. Another thing is um, entrepreneurs, they, they have to understand that when you're selling, so oftentimes you have to create proposals and they may not have done that. So an example I like to use is for someone that goes to trade school say for plumbing. And so they go and they learn this trade and they master it. And now they got to go into the world and make some money. (laughs) And so oftentimes they create, you know, their own business. I'm going to create my own company, you know, Nicole's plumbing. And then I'm stuck. How the heck do I get customers? Right. And so um, another thing that that salespeople do really well, is they understand the value of using a CRM system, a customer relationship management system. And entrepreneurs, some people don't even know what CRM stands for, right? So this is the reason why I created Leaderboard is I saw some of those gaps and I saw some of the pain points that were really real for entrepreneurs. I wanted to have a space where I supported them in that. And I helped take away some of the anxiety that comes along with selling. So that was really the, the vision that I have for the company.
0: This is incredible because I mean I see a lot of creatives, so I see a lot of that side of the world where they've got this genius idea, they've got this thing, this product that they can mm-hmm. sell, and I'm like, oh my god, like that's amazing, you know? That's something. It's weird. On what I do is there isn't necessarily a product, although there is now. I do have a shop, but <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um But it, it took some time to get there. But I, I see a lot of people, and it, you're right. It's like you've got this great idea, you have this interesting product. But mm-hmm. then there's a stop, and it's like I don't know how to get to that next level. Um, I don't know how to sell my stuff without feeling like a out. And
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it comes back to that value as, re- as well. Like, you know, do you believe in what you're doing, and like not doubting yourself? I think half the battle in being a business owner is that constant, like hyping yourself up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you are bringing something to people. Remind, It's like you need those plaid, like little pieces of paper everywhere to remind yeah. yourself. Um, and there totally is that that gap. And especially in a time where the gig economy is bigger than ever. And yeah. so many people have a side hustle, right? Have this mm-hmm. little side gig. And how do they how do they do this? And, you know, I, I interesting that you mentioned you tailored to smaller businesses. Like that's a wonderful thing as well, because when you just, when you're just starting out, you may not necessarily recognize what you're missing and what you need. And that there are people like you out there to help you build what you've got. We're (laughs) going to link everything in the show notes, if you're watching, so you can check out Nicole and where to follow her and find her. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned you come from a family of entrepreneurs and, Mm -hmm. um, how did you feel when you, like, it sounds so, like you just started a business, <laughs> like it's like so yeah. easy, right? Like I no. bet there was some harder times. Like oh, what did yeah. that journey look like? How did you hype yourself up enough to do that, oh, to believe God. in yourself, support, all of that?
1: Well, not only did I start over a bajillion times in my career, but I've also been like this like serial entrepreneur trying to find my lane. So um, when I was younger, like I just randomly created like a company called Growl and Grin, where I took pictures of animals and it was actually really cool. And and I had customers and I was really young. I was in my early 20s. And um, I my husband and I, we had this like vision where we were going to be like the next Chip and Joe. (laughs) And yep. we were gonna do like another fixer upper in Canada because people kept saying, "Wow, oh, your work's so great!" and we do great work. I'm not saying mm-hmm. we don't. We ended up incorporating a company, and I joke with him and say it's our little nonprofit <laughs> because we created this company, and things had shifted around for for him and his career and for mine too. And it just what the timing wasn't right. But we have this little baby corporation that we're just, we're still excited about it. We still talk about Summit Hill all the time and what it could become. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is like, if you come from a background where you're free to dream and just free to be and invent and be creative, I think I get it from my dad because my dad is a writer. He's a songwriter. He was a teacher. And he just allowed us to be free in our creativity. As kids, like we did all the, you know, the sports that were a little bit more artsy, (laughs) like figure skating and dance, right? So we were expressive. And I think that that plays into people who want to be entrepreneurial because they want to create, they want to do something and they want to offer something to the world and get validation that they are heard and that what they're offering is is valid, right? They they need to be able to support people. So, yeah, I think that that's kind of where it stems from.
0: I love that. You can have these little dreams and dreaming I think is is not it doesn't always come easy to a lot of people. And I think you had mentioned earlier, you know, abundance and scarcity. And I think it comes down to a lot of that, you know? Like if you grew up in a house where it's paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. how you see money, how you see ideas, I mean, it can be harder to see beyond that, you know? Absolutely. And what your, you know, how your parents, you know, create. Did they create things? Did you get to see that? You know, I think that there's so mm-hmm. much of that that trickles in there. Um, I read something like, I can't remember which cajillionaire was like, you know, if you can <laughs> have your kids start a business, just mm. to experience the start and sometimes fail of a business and what that looks like and all the little intricacies and believing in yourself enough to give something a go. Like it can really, because I think it's like anything, like once you have one experience, now you have a baseline mm-hmm. of what that felt like. And Coming back to the job loss thing, like you said, the third time around, it was probably less of like, I'm not worthy and more Mm -hmm. like, oh, here we go again. You know, like, (laughs) why are we, you know, why are we here? Um, Mm -hmm. And is this the time that I like launch my thing, this, this concept that I've been dreaming of? I
1: played into it a lot. Like I, another reason why I created leaderboard sales was because I didn't always want to rely on a corporation to... Build my skill set. And I knew that the position I was in probably wasn't being given enough opportunity. I thought to myself, I think I'm, I think I'm vote for more. Like, can I even say that out loud? Right? It feels like you're kind of like, you know, I'm got a big head, but I kept hearing from people, like, you need to do something, (laughs) you know? And uh, I had a great job and I loved it and I supported people and it was in, in their sales and it was great. But it wasn't enough and I needed more and I needed it not just for my ego because ego plays into things too, but it wasn't for ego. It was to prove to myself that I had the skill set and I didn't have to rely on a company to be able to give me those opportunities. So I think that's really important for people to realize that a business isn't just always a vehicle for making money. It's a vehicle for you to improve yourself right? And that's what it comes down to.
0: So tell me more about leaderboard sales. Like what is it that you're offering your clients when they come to your Instagram page or they hop over to your website? Like what would, what would be an, um, you know, a way that you help people?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, first and foremost, I think, you know, education is a really big part of it, right? Um, because people are scared even by the word sales. So what I'm trying to do is educate my community that sales doesn't always have to be so Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm trying to humanize the sales experience and have people understand that just because you got a cold outreach message and those are out, those are messages that come to your DMs or your email inboxes completely at random and they don't speak to you. um, That doesn't have to be your experience with how you sell your product right so first and foremost it's a place where people can get educated and it's also a place where people can get coaching so if they're stuck with something if they're stuck with a specific topic maybe it's um you know a big a big one I'll be honest with you a big topic is um this this idea of cold outreach. So how do I go and approach people to bring business to me instead of relying on them to find me, to interact with me, right? So the inbound sales world where it's, you know, blogging, content creation, SEO, all that stuff is noisy. It is noisy. And so people are really trying to break through the noise and find their place where they can now, showcase their products or their services in a way that doesn't feel slimy
2: and so Mm. that's
1: really the idea behind it is to show that people you can do self-promotion you can tell people to join your email list or join your course that's coming up and not feel so shameful about it there's nothing wrong with sharing but there is a strategy behind it. <laughs> and with the right coaching and the right tools, you can start to do these and implement them into your business and get more more customers.
0: I was on your Instagram yesterday or the day before and you had, I think it was a live or a video where you had, you know, that type of thing. It was this email that you received. Somebody was kind of cold emailing you Mm -hmm. and there were so many things that I was nodding my head. Like it's, it's like you said, it's business concepts that are not specific to one industry. It it can Mm -hmm. be applied to so many things and you're right. Like you had said one thing and it was, um, the person said, Hey, and like, Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't say hi, Nicole, or, you know, and that might seem crazy or silly, but like, if I see something where my name's not in it, I'm not kidding. I delete the email right away. Like exactly. I, and I'm like, was this a newsletter email? Like, how did I even end up on this? Who are, who is this? Like you said, your back is instantly up. And I was oh, like, yeah. look at me getting tips for myself, like, <laughs> as I'm watching her Instagram and it's, it's these small things, um, that you might not think about because maybe you are like a. Trying to maybe you're a candle maker and that is where you excel at and you're trying to sell these candles and now you have to learn about this business side of it and this is where going to experts is it's it's never going to be a bad thing to learn something new and mm-hmm. I always love to tell people like stay coachable stay open like try not to get too defensive when you realize you don't know something like absolutely it's only gonna bring more to you the more you <laughs> exactly. learn right. Um, But it really is sometimes that that coaching and, you know, coaching and sales, they can kind of be words that maybe frighten people. But you're right. It's like the more you learn about it, the more you feel in control of it because you're like you get it and you know Mm -hmm. these small little techniques. And I do find, too, what's great is like these bite-sized things, like these little bite-sized moments and interactions you have with someone like yourself. To me, that's what sits in my brain because it's like you kind of yeah. store it away. And then you're like, oh, as you go to type that next email to whomever, you're like, yeah. I'm going to implement these little strategies that I just picked up last week. Um, so it's, yeah, it is it is those little moments at, at times that you haven't even thought about because you're so you've written that email 35 times. Maybe you haven't had as much interaction from said email, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Do you do like packages for people or do you do one-on-one? Like what's your preferred method?
1: Yeah. So I do uh, one-on-one coaching sessions and I also offer like sales strategy sessions. So <clears throat> one of the things I didn't want to do with the company was I didn't want to lock anybody into like a long-term coaching package because that might not be what they want. So really, if somebody reaches out to me, I'm always very open with them that we will only really tackle what you need to tackle. Um, and that's probably my sales background because we only really ever explored the issue at hand. We were, you know, trained and it was drilled into us to get the pain points and then to figure out the the solution for them. So I run the company the same way. So if you jump on a discovery call with me, you know that I'm only really going to put forward what I think is really reasonable to um, fix this one challenge that you're having. If that leads into other opportunities, that's great. But we want to be able to focus on fixing that one thing that's really kind of your hang up, right? And then also I offer what's called these intensives. So sometimes businesses will not really know what the disconnect is. You know, maybe they've gotten some advice over the years. They've built up a great company, but they're like, something's off. One of the things that salespeople do really well is they can go in, to a situation and kind of dissect and pick it apart and I've done that in a lot of my corporate roles where I've gone in and gone ah here's the issue right there right and so it's kind of like being like a detective like you would look for cues and clues you ask the right questions and eventually that's gonna pretty well come to light it's usually process driven with sales and revenue it's usually like something's at a joint it's a process um I'm also really big on customer experience, so I'm also trying to build up that side of the business because from my time in sales, um, one of the companies I've worked for in the past, they really um, took that very, very seriously, and what we saw was when you really focus on the customer experience, all of a sudden your sales revenue starts going way up. And so there are little factors that you can tweak in your business that uh, you may not be aware of. So one-on-one coaching, uh, the intensives, and then I'm also working on um, online courses because I know a lot of people want to just learn at their own pace. So I'm developing um, a program right now that's designed for people who want to find, grow, and keep great uh, customers. So how do you go after them? How do you how do you build a prospect list? Like some people don't know where to start, right? So how do you build a prospect list? How do you create great messaging where you're really, really clear in your delivery from exactly what you want, right? And then take it one step further. How do you do meaningful follow-up? So my customers always laugh at me because I have this like thing that I'm like obsessed with. <laughs> so my thing is you don't do outreach without research. So you never reach out to someone going in blind. That's a big Mm. no-no. And further to that, you never do follow-up without reason. So I see a lot of mistakes happening where people will just, uh, maybe they'll send like a follow-up email to someone like, hey, just following up. Like what not to do? So the training is all based (laughs) around these (laughs) principles that as salespeople, like we've been trained, right? This is like, it's not a university course, but... I've worked with fabulous organizations that were so gracious in giving me the best training. And I have a CSP designation, which means that I went through like a pretty robust sales training program that you have to like pass an exam and all that stuff. So um, so yeah, that's my vision is that I can bring the knowledge that I've acquired over the years that's really helped me grow um, business for companies and help small businesses do the same thing for
0: themselves, and I I love that part about like laser focusing on what specific need that that business has because mm-hmm. it's like you know like you've done all the work you're like well let me I can tell you from the from the information I'll just pick it out like the information that you need <laughs> yeah. and share with you because this I think this is where this is where how you take your business to the next level is. Or just anything. It's like you you need to outsource. You need help from others. Like mm-hmm. in my specific field, I know that things changed dramatic, dramatically for me when I hired um, and started partnering up with a sales team for me, when I got help and got an editor, when I've had different people over the years come in who are experts in what they do and help me visualize myself as a business and where I can take it to the next level. And Mm -hmm. and it's all these little things, you know, like, um, and it's, it is definitely working with people who have the tools and, and like you said, it may not be this long-term partnership, but having someone come in and just take a look at that one mm-hmm. part of your business can can really change it. So here, you know, we started this conversation talking about how <laughs> wild job loss can be, and how you can lose your sense of purpose and value, um, and how important it is. Like I feel like listening to your story and having chatted with you, it's you, you get this idea where I think sometimes that people, when they do experience a job loss, or or you know. And that purpose starts to become questionable. They sometimes think they have to shift gears entirely Mm. and like, go do something new. Because obviously I lost that job because I'm terrible at it, right? And you can doubt yourself. But what I love about your story is you took all of these things that you've learned over the years (laughs) and packaged it up beautifully to do what you do best and share that with people who could use that help. And I think it's such a great message. You know, I feel like certain people in my life who've lost jobs lately where I'm like, stop reinventing the wheel. Like you are great at this. You have this many years experience repackage it, you know, look, what could you offer in the same field, in that same industry that you've been in your whole career and how can you share that with people? So I think it's just a great story. Um, and guess what I was wondering is if, did you have advice for people who are experiencing hardship right now? I know you mentioned a little Mm -hmm. bit about the silver lining comes, but it might not show up right away. Like what advice would you offer people who maybe just lost their job and are wondering what the heck they're going to do next?
1: Yeah. So, um, Lean into your network. So anyone that you've worked with previously, you know, let them know your situation. Uh, I talked about it online and people were responding to me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about this. Like I lost my job three months ago. There's no way I would tell my audience that that's that's the problem. But when you talk about it, when you're not You're not feeling that shame about it. You're looking for a new opportunity. I'm open. And I know it sounds cheesy. (laughs) So some people will just be like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. I would walk around the block with my dog and I would like listen to podcasts that were uplifting and I would try to put myself in a positive space. And when I just had some time on the walk that was quiet, I would just say, I'm ready to receive. (laughs) I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But I'm ready to receive. (laughs) Um, because job loss is really intense. Um, it's
0: oh, you're gonna make me cry now.
1: It. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but funny.
0: it is. It's super intense. Yeah, and when and I, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who, like you said, like when I feel like when you when you visualize when you're ready to receive, it's like you're looking forward and you're like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. Just for people who <laughs> are like doubt, 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 it's like you're looking backwards at like mm. what could have been how could I change what just happened? But you can't. Right. And it's, no,
1: how can you be ready? You.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How can, and it, oh my gosh. And in a time where like so many people are so trying many. to figure this out. Right. Yeah.
1: I'd be also say to too, receive. Amanda, like you can't fear recruiters. I've always said that to people, people now know that I'm like the job loss queen. So they'll like approach me and be like, what do I do? <laughs> One of the biggest things I always tell people is don't, don't run away from them. Like they have a job to do. They always like, for the most part, they have your, your best interest at heart, like they're salespeople, but Again, they're not bad salespeople. They, they have a job to do, they have a role to fill and you might be that person to fill that role and it could be a great career path for you. So just be open to conversations. Um, if somebody approaches you about a career, because this has happened to me before where someone like the phone rings like, oh my God, you should apply to this job. This is so cool. I think this is so great for you where that's an honor and a privilege. And so if somebody is bringing opportunities to you Uh, answer the call. Like you have to answer the call and you may be surprised. It may be totally outside your wheelhouse, but you need to answer the call. So just be open to receive, um, lean into your network, talk about it. I know it sucks and I got teary and emotional, but you got to talk about it um, because people will have your back. If you've um, been there for people along your career, the moment you need a hand Uh, I guarantee you those people will be really quick to take your resume and put it in the hands of the right people.
0: It's such good advice. This was a wonderful conversation. I um, I love your your positivity and your expertise that shines through. And I really hope that after listening to this episode, people come over to your page and you know, you're thinking about starting a business, you're in the midst of being a business owner, you could use a little help. I mean, I know I picked up something from one Instagram live and one little video. So <laughs>
1: good. you're bound
0: to learn something and you have wonderful energy and presence. So I wish you all the best on your new venture. And thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. You're a boss, babe. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the debrief with Dean portion of the podcast where, you know, we're going to be basically just talking a little bit about the topic and how it sort of relates back to our life. And I get to include you in the podcast, which is fun.
2: Yeah, it is fun, isn't it?
0: So today with our guest, Nicole, we, you know, I spoke to her about reinventing yourself after job loss and job loss and more job loss, which I think is so relevant right now with COVID and just good life advice and then having to pivot when that's necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, throughout the conversation, there was a lot of topic, a lot of discussion about shame, the shame associated with job loss. And it's been a bit of a weird year. And I mentioned, and you guys know if you've been around for a little bit, that you, my love, have lost your job in the last 11 months. Yeah. And you've probably lost your job in the past before too and had weird things happen at work. So what's your thoughts on all of this, this topic?
2: Well, when I listened to Nicole's podcast, the first thing I realized is that, oh, you're not, you know, I'm not, other people aren't alone in the feeling because of losing their job. Because, you know, you don't realize how much someone is suffering through uh, that type of uh, uh, loss, because how often do we experience the losses like we've had in the last year? And uh, a lot of people just like, when it's over, it's over. And you associate a lot of your life with the job that you do. You go to a party, you you know, some friends you haven't seen for a while. Oh, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? And when I was listening to to Nicole, I've been in that position where, you know, you've just changed jobs or the job has changed for you. And, like, what do you say? Yeah, I'm on to the next thing. And you start to look like a little bit of a goofball after a while. Like, what's wrong with that person? They can't hold a steady job. And I think for people like Nicole, you know, she's a very dynamic woman, Amazing to listen to her speak. I was just like... So to, to kind of do, delve into it a little bit is this, number one, I'm glad that she spoke about that loss and the emotions she's, that she's gone through. And number two, she brought up the coaching aspect of it. And this one particularly kind of hits me right in the heart because I have never really done any other job since I was very, very young. And you start to feel like you know you're a one trick pony. You don't know how to do anything else. And like
0: like the pivot seems impossible. The pivot, you're seems, like, well, I've done this one go, thing.
2: It's for me. You kind of would go through the motion. You're like, okay, pivot your life, boom, and then you're like, yeah, now what do I do? Mm.
0: But I love what she's doing to help small businesses and help, you know, help them get to that next level and help right. bring their business to that place. Yeah. But I guess, you know, one of the things that she mentioned and and maybe it's harder to talk about is like, have you felt that lack of value or purpose in your life in the last little bit?
2: I, at first, it didn't really hit me because, you know, as like you're not, you're kind of just in the honey, well, is it a honeymoon stage? You're in that stage of like, oh, I just lost my job. Okay, well, we have some money and savings and everything. So everything's cool. But then it comes to it that you kind of, you know, yeah, you really feel the loss after a while. And then you really find the next part of it is that, what am I supposed to do now? And your mind just goes through over and over and over scenarios like, You know, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be doing it? And and especially now, like with my particular job, you know, what half the pilots or more than half the pilots on earth are out of work. So when she was talking about going to, you know, your people and your networks and people that you've treated right, they'll always be there for you. Yes, that's true. That's very, very true. But sometimes you're in a position where even your colleagues have... Mm -hmm lost their job. Right. And and now you know everybody's in the same pot together. So but And I think, yeah.
0: you know, to add to that, it's like sometimes when you go to your people, it could be industry people, but it could also be people in your life. So when I was looking at your example, you know, and and current situation, it's like here you have 25 plus years of experience in a particular industry but it's very specific experience and it's very technical experience and the whole industry is impacted. So you can't just like go to another airline or like jump on another plane real quick. Like it doesn't work that fast. But then I was thinking in terms of the pivot, like how can you take this expertise and just move it into something else? And so You know, for those of you who might not know, I've got a special project that I'm working with Dean on taking some of this pilot thing and this pilot gig and making it into maybe something like a podcast that you guys might enjoy. But it you might not have come to that without tapping into your people, which is I'm one of those people and going, hold on, like you have all of this skill set. How can you use this just in a different way? And And that's
2: where you have to bring in. Yeah. Outside people that and you like, trust or a coach or, or you know, some, then, a mentor. Exactly. And like, yeah. here's
0: Nicole who worked in different, you know, different areas of sales for the last how many years and then finally realized, wait a second, like, this is my thing. This yeah. is what I'm good at. I'm going to turn this into a gig and I'm going to help other people. Yeah. Like, I just think that's so, it's so insp- inspiring. It was
2: very inspiring. I, I actually have to say that when I listened to that, it made me feel better.
0: Guys, he's been talking about it. He listened to it yesterday afternoon and he's been, it's been simmering and we've been having some really great conversations since. And I just think it's such a wonderful perspective in a very difficult time.
2: It is. And the particular thing is, is right now everybody needs, you know, hope in their jobs. And I find that one thing that I'm not addressing with mine is that times have changed Mm -hmm. and, My job is not the job that people think it is. It used to be some wow, amazing type job, but you're just a you know, you're a worker, you're a driver, and nobody's looking for your uh, your level of expertise in a like. No one's really looking at your expertise as much as they're just looking to fill the position. And I think when you're in a workplace like that, um.
0: Like highly competitive, right? Because there's so many pilots and very few jobs. There's,
2: there used to, it used to be the opposite way where, right, right, like you could walk out and you could get a job like just before the pandemic. I mean, people are just crying for it. But the other thing too, is that, you know, it's an industry that's changing and you could like, for instance, let's say you flow, flown a certain type of airplane. Well, you could have 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 hours on it, but the people that hiring you, hiring you want you to be current within the last 12 months on that particular aircraft. Even though you have many, many, many type ratings and you've flown the type and whatever, they don't want you unless you're ready to plug and play.
0: Which is nearly impossible. Which is nearly impossible right to
2: keep all the, yeah. these types. So exactly what that. I'm saying is that I think when you're looking at industries changing like that that they just want to you know they just want employees they're not interested in 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 the in the quality anymore it's more about just keeping the ball rolling i can see that's happened in aviation quite a bit and but i wouldn't have looked at it that way had i not been laid off
0: mm-hmm. and i think like you and i you know, obviously I'm not the one who's lost my job. So I'm coming at it from a very different angle. Yeah. I still have all of the purpose, all of the work, all of the things. So I'm not in that same place, but you know what I find and the messaging I got from this conversation was like, you know, let's say I'm an artist and I was making money off of uh, commissioned work, but right now that's not happening. How can I take my skill set and maybe turn it into something else? Like you're not coming completely away from your passion and your, your niche right but you're finding new ways to look at it dusting it off you know smoothing out some corners can i maybe offer courses can i put together a how-to like i don't right. know you know and, and i think and this that's is, the thing is
2: that what i'm what i was getting at is basically like not only have you lost your job now your job might be completely gone for the next six uh, uh months or up to four or five years you don't know so at that point you're kind of looking at it going well if it if it opens up now, should I really even go back anyway? Mm. Will will the, will there be the quality of life? Because in my in my particular industry, I mean, every time there's star SARS, COVID, MERS, avian flu, whatever.
0: You're impacted. You're impacted. The first group is like, you're out. Sit down over there, you know? Exactly. And it's like, and we were talking about like looking at jobs that have longevity, that are indestructible. Right. Like, what is that? How, and then how can you maybe... Think about those things. How do you dream about those things? And again, coming back to the conversation with Nicole, it was like, there is free education out there. You know, yeah. you know, Dean has a foot in the door because I know how to podcast. But if you didn't have somebody who knew how to podcast, you could figure it out. Like the information is out there. And it's yeah. like, don't be afraid to grieve and mourn the trauma of losing your job and feeling like you're having to start over. And don't be afraid to then take the next step, which is reinvention finding new purpose pivoting if you need to you know like taking that next step because you just don't know so i thought it was really hopeful yeah i really liked her i enjoyed it
2: i would actually you know what she's uh that was your first guest
0: my first one
2: but that's someone that you know i would just i would love to listen to more of her uh speak on this subject because it's just it's such a valuable resource to have people like that that are in the know about pivoting and and and, uh, you know, if you're a business becoming profitable or changing where you need to change, I just feel that, you know, you have to leave the past behind in some instances. And you you need a guide to do that.
0: Totally. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. We hope you enjoyed first episode of Friendo Podcast. And we'll catch you next week with another one.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Frendo podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofrendo.com. Find us on Instagram at ShopHelloFriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird.